Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway? Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug In Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash Animations, Webtoons, and Shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of your, I mean, the early 2000s. I'm Paul Reberg, and with me is my co-host, John Ward. All right, John, I hear you've got something a little special for us today. Uh, yeah, today we're talking about Everybody to the Limit, the HomestarRunner.com uh, animated music video produced by In Fiction, The Cheat, and Out of Fiction, The Brothers Chap, who make Homestar Runner videos. Is this the first music video that they did? Uh, I think it's a pretty early one. I don't have that info objective but yes i I believe this is one of their first uh early music videos okay so i am very confused by a lot of things that we see here let's let's jump right into it so this is referencing the fuhugwa god's email right yeah uh so well sort of so the lyrics are come on fuhugwa gods come on fuhugwa gods everybody to the limit you know and Mm. then variations on that to some degree right uh and uh, most people think that it is just called come on for gods because i think it's the thing that is repeated the most out of the entire uh the entire song Mm -hmm. i guess but it is everybody to the limit um it's done in um the cheats style uh as a flash animator himself uh the character the cheat uh, will hmm. produce videos in like very, I guess like the most flash looking uh, style, which so is like th- uh, this isn't the only video that the cheat does within Homestar Runner. No, no, no. There's like all sorts of other videos, and not even just music videos. Like just he has his own like flash series. Oh, that are in fiction and also actual videos. <laughs> I feel like we've done about. 15 homestar runner episodes and there's so much i don't know yeah no it's a lot well the cheat does a lot he's he's clearly like the creative force of the the team so to speak i I think that uh he might even be like an in-character representation of the creators to some extent yeah um i'm not i i can't say that for certain but but it feels like that a lot of the time because he's the one who, you know, does a lot of the music and a lot of the animation and stuff. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so it, it looks 100% hand-drawn using Flash's paint tools, which is, uh, with the exception of, like, just, like, JPEGs of CDs and rolls of tape and things mm-hmm. that just get inserted. Um, there's a great clap percussion sound uh, throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's very... Uh... Very 80s, very... Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a sort of badly recorded clap, but I don't know what you expect. It's good. Yeah. Well, what is it? The uh, wiki says that the disembodied hands are a reference to uh, John Mellencamp's Jack and Diane intro, where there's like little videos of hands clapping. We should talk about the references in this more broadly, because I'm not sure how much of it's references and how much of it's just random Oh, absolutely. For instance, like a total random is Strong Bad wearing a Jordy LaForge visor while holding a big knife. Right. So, <laughs> is there anything in universe about that? I mean, does he have nope. any connection to Jordy LaForge? Is he a big Star Trek guy? Uh, nope. 
I think it's just, uh, I have a feeling that a lot of this is probably doodles that have made their way into this because there's no con no other context like there's mm. also like a flag with a snake going through a tire with a like a bowie knife in its tail uh and it feels like a familiar looking image but i also couldn't find anything specific about it so if yeah. it's referenced somewhere else i guess you know i'm wrong but it it I, I couldn't find anything in the wiki or any no nothing else sort of stood out as referencing it. So uh, okay, let, let let's see if if any of these other things are are like real references to something mm-hmm. in universe. Uh, this robot guy that we see throughout. Yep. Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, all the wiffle balls. Uh. Nope. Okay. Um. <laughs> the political references you have it here. JFK, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, Lincoln's head, we see at some point. I mean, are, are these references Actual to something? Actual political references? Well, yeah, but like, do, do, do we know anything about Strong Bad's politics? Is he, like, really into the Kennedys? What's even more confusing is that he says, I asked my friend Joe, I asked my friend Jake, and Joe is referencing John F. Kennedy, and Jake is referencing Robert F. Kennedy, uh, and... There is no Joe or Jake. Well, there might be a Joe Kennedy, uh, but I don't think there's a Jake Kennedy. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound right. Uh, and neither of them are John or Robert Kennedy. <laughs> um, and then he doesn't even mention Lincoln. We just see Lincoln's head. Yeah, we just see the silhouette of Lincoln's head. Um, nope. No no actual real reference there. Um, huh. It, it's sort of like... Uh, the other thing is that Atari's dragon seems to be representing uh, Atari's adventure, uh, the the video game adventure, uh, and the dragon thereupon in that game uh, is in this music video. The weird little pixel fellow? Yeah, the weird little pixel fellow. It kind of yeah. looks like a duck, but it's supposed to be a dragon. And uh, I have no idea why it's referencing adventure, other than obviously the brothers wanted to have something atari-ish in there i mean i I, it it always feels like uh they are referencing their own childhood and so it feels like uh homestar runner lives in a world like 20 years before the 2000s in some way like you know 15 to 20 years before then so i i kind of wonder if like in reality they're in like the mid 80s uh and and that's where a lot of these things are coming from. Uh, that, that makes sense. What's confusing to me really is if we're, you know, following the logic of the universe and Strong Bad has made this video, or well, the Cheech made it under Strong Bad's direction, mm-hmm. I'd expect to see a lot more like buff men holding knives and a lot more like babes and just sort of summer jam <laughs> cliche stuff in there. So it's like, it's a really bold move by the brothers chap just to put in a bunch of random stuff like what what are they going for uh i don't know i i kind of wonder if it's supposed to be a joke about how random stuff is just inherently funny like like because it does feel like they're almost referencing their own videos uh in the sense that like nothing in it really makes any sense it's still catchy like i i'm like you know i can hear the song in my head right now uh clearly mm-hmm. uh unfortunately <laughs> because it's not something yeah it's not something you can hum to yourself and sound like a sane human being uh but uh it's it's a strangely catchy song 
Um, and I think I think that it might be a reference to other Flash animation at large, which makes it an interesting thing for us to talk about because in a way it is uh, quintessential Flash animation in that it is basically a joke that isn't anything. It's like it's like an inside joke without there being an inside. And it also feels like something made for a friend group that the internet at large is not privy to. Does that make any sense? Like, it feels like the cheat made yeah. this for Strong Bad. And they even have this in context at the end. Uh, they show Strong Bad seeing the video for the first time. And he says, now that's what I'm talking about. That was amazing. Or I'm buying you a pizza. And... Uh, yeah, I, and I, you do have the question, does Cheat love pizza? I assume everyone loves pizza, so I, I don't know about, like, I don't think it's, like, his Steve Urkel-esque, like, <laughs> like the Cheat loves pizza sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's supposed to be a reference to how Flash animation, like, the medium of Flash animation is basically just, like, goofy jokes between friends that then become everyone's jo- goofy jokes. I mean, I, I, I get that. I don't know. I think the reason this one doesn't work for me in a in a kind of big way is just they have their internal universe that they're referencing, but also entirely ignoring at the same time. Yep. Absolutely. I, I also just, I'm not as familiar with the internal universe, so it's probably more stuff I'm not fully getting. But we, we don't just have this recorded version. We also have this <laughs> live version. The live version, yes. Uh, it's from the CD sold in the Homestar Runner store. Uh, it's called Strong Bad Sings and Other Type Hits. Um, the, the context is that they're playing from uh, West Reykjavik, which is supposed to be Reykjavik, but I don't think Strong Bad can pronounce almost any word correctly, right. uh, especially if it's got a J in it or something. And uh, yeah, and it's uh, weird. <laughs> Did it's you listen weird. to it, Paul? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's uh, super weird. Yeah, it's um, it's like a fake live. I don't. I, I have not listened to the whole CD, but it is a fake live recording of this song, with like, like audience, like like a strong bad sort of like talking to the audience a little bit, and just like you know, busking. I guess I don't. I don't really know what the word would be for it. Just being like a. Uh, stage personality in between verses of this like otherwise very sort of simple song yeah um it's interesting that they're clearly trying to show it as like a stadium show so this is like the summer jam yeah it's playing for a stadium so you don't have to worry about like any specific interactions with the crowd just a lot of kind of vague yeah it's also like track 20 on the cd which feels like the place that you would put the single you know it wouldn't be up front. It'd be towards the back of the CD. Yeah. Um, it's super I mean, maybe weird. not track 20, but we know that these songs aren't like three minutes long or four minutes long. <laughs> they're, they're probably very short. No, that's true. God, um, I just, I can't imagine actually buying that CD though. Okay. But can you imagine uh, being at uh, an Atlanta concert uh, in 2008 and uh, they might be giants singing along with Puppet Strong Bad at a live performance of this song, of of, of uh, Everybody to the Limit. You know, I really cannot. <laughs> How 2008 is that, Paul? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i not super into They Might Be Giants. I mean, I'm not, not into They Might Be Giants, but I guess I don't 
Well, you're dead know, to me now, so it's well, fine. I mean, that's, that's fair. I don't know <laughs> enough about them or enough about Homestar Runner to really appreciate that. So, like, if I was at that show, I'd be super confused. <laughs> yeah, if they just whipped out a puppet personality that Started has, like, a mask and guys. boxing gloves. Yeah, although I feel like if you're going to a They Might Be Giants concert, you know what they're about. Like, like... It's not like going to a Kiss concert. Like, like it's not like there's a great mythology you have to decipher. Uh, so, mm. so it doesn't take long to realize that they're just like a nerdy bunch of people that you know like the internet and like making music and having fun. And so, like the fact that you know Homestar Runner and They Might Be Giants had creative collaborations uh is not entirely surprising although it is unexpected in many ways i guess um i kind of wonder if that okay so i i love they might be giants they're one of my favorite bands uh i know that that makes me a specific type of guy and that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. but uh you know i i really i really like them and uh, I kind of wonder if the strong bad collaborations didn't make them relevant for a specific age group. Like I, I wonder if I would even huh. really know who they might be giants are if they hadn't also been making these collaborations. I had heard of them before. That's interesting. But I so they, and, they aged and, it down for you in a while. Yeah, like it, it's sort of like uh, it, it's more like it made it more prevalent and therefore more acceptable for me to like these guys. Uh, you know, when I was in like, you know, I don't, I don't remember how old I was in 2008, but like I well, I actually do. I would be like exactly 20. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh but I know they were doing stuff before that. Uh and I, I kind of wonder if in high school, because I saw them doing stuff that like, you know, was prevalent, you know, within my age group, like, you know, hitting the target age group that I appreciated in media that I liked, if it didn't just make it more acceptable for me to listen to them uh, at a period of time in which that would have been important to me. Now, I don't give a crap how acceptable something <laughs> like, you know, I'll I'll listen to call me maybe 10,000 times and not give a crap because, you know, right. I'm a hermit adult. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> But, no, I get that though. It, it makes sense as like a foot in the door. Exactly. To music. Okay. Well, um, John, yeah. we've um, gotten towards the end, and as with every clip we look at, we have to assign it a moral. I I don't know how we'll do that here, really. But come <laughs> on, John, what what do you have for us? Okay, so one of the best lines in this is "I see you jocking me," and you have to ask like, what is jocking? Mm, uh, he's yeah. talking to Fahogo guys, uh, and I, I went to Urban Dictionary, Paul. <laughs> all right sure. urban dictionary tells us that it's stealing someone's style okay makes some sense sure uh or flirting with someone which kind of makes it uh, makes probably even more sense given the original email that Fuhago guys you know start in which was i love you where he, mm-hmm. they confess their love for uh strong bad so you know my context my moral here is just be real don't go jocking people okay i get that although Flirting can be real. So is jocking like a negative kind of flirting or like a fake kind of flirting? Uh, I think it's an I. F- so my reference, uh, my the the context that they give in Urban Dictionary is Brandon constantly laughing, smiling, lightly touching, and generally talking up a storm was jocking Amanda. Is the is this the example sentence huh. which I love? Uh, so it does feel like a strong flirtation. Okay. 
Okay, so, I get that. Be real. Don't go jocking people. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. My moral is that context can be helpful, but it's not always helpful, and I'm still confused <laughs> by everybody to the limit. All right. Well, don't worry, Paul. We'll get back to more sensical stuff next week. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, leave a review on iTunes, tell a friend, that kind of thing. If you want to talk about Flash Animation, you can add us on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing or email us at plugandmissingpod at gmail.com. You can also check out plugandmissing.com for information on upcoming live shows, future seasons, that kind of thing. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, The Minute Podcast, where we watch a listener-submitted minute of something out of context and talk about it. Last week, uh, was last week in Night in Camelot, or was that two weeks ago? No, that was last week. That was last week, and that was very good. That's a very good it episode, was. so you should go back and listen to that if you like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah, and we do. We do, as it turns out. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John, edited by me, with music by me as well. Come back next week, where we're going to ask you... Would you like to update Flash? I said, come on, for who we got. We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash Animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.